today's episode, we speak to Lance Grolick, who is the founder and CEO of Iron Franchising, an industry-leading franchising consulting development group that represents over 500 franchise brands and businesses opportunities within 90 categories. Lance helps prospective entrepreneurs to find the perfect franchise for free. He also assists independent business owners in creating a franchise system. So today we're going to speak to this amazing individual and find out why should we franchise or you know, buy a franchise business in the first place? And secondly, how can we raise the finance to buy such a franchise? Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. It's Gul Khan here, your money mindset expert. And today, once again, we have the pleasure of welcoming Lance Grelick. Hi, Lance. Hello, Gul. How are you? I'm super excited to be speaking to you, Lance. We had such a wonderful conversation last time. You were so awesome and we had got so much positive feedback about you, which is brilliant, brilliant. And today we've had had to ask you to come back, but obviously because that time we just spoke about mindset. Today we are talking about, we're doing the money uh, money talkies with Golkan. Today we're talking about your area of expertise, which is franchising. So let's get straight into it, Lance. So Lance, what are the top reasons or top five reasons why someone would buy a franchise? Well, the top reasons that people buy franchises, number one, it it has some sort of uh, brand awareness. Brand right. awareness, there is, uh, you know, customers are looking for this brand or product already. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously some support or a system already established. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly some sort of profit path already established. So when it comes to validating this brand, which I talk a lot about um, with other franchisees and the corporate executives, mm-hmm. they're, they're sort of claiming some level of success, uh, predictability that you can actually have within this business. And of course, there's marketing support and franchises uh, are quite easy to sell. Uh, as opposed to just an independent business. Um, So those are some of the the highlights. Okay. So now that we've sort of discussed, you know, why someone would actually consider purchasing a franchise and going into business of purchasing one, the most important question that comes to people's mind is like, as mine was when we first had this conversation, well, how much money do I need? And where would I raise the capital for this? Because it's not like I, everyone has, you know, 50 grand or 100,000 lying around in the bank account. So how would someone who would want, when they realize, I've come to spoken to you and realize, okay, I want to buy X, Y, and Z franchise. How would they go about it? How would they raise the finance? And, and as you can imagine, uh, the how is uh, a question that comes up often in the very first phone call when I have with people, which is, you know, do you have a rich aunt or uncle or uh, do you have a large bank account or retirement account? But, but seriously, there are people because there are quite a few franchises where you do not have to be a millionaire in the first place. Right. And that is a misconception. People think of McDonald's 
where, you know, you have to be a millionaire, a multimillionaire to even own one. Yeah. Um, every franchise brand sort of establishes guidelines as to what is the ideal net worth of mm-hmm. a typical franchisee of ours. And the reason those are established, as you can imagine, is there's a certain amount of runway required for most brands from startup and opening to where you ramp up and you're at least breaking even and cash flowing where you're not dipping into your pocket to, uh, you know, continue to support your labor, uh, your staff, if there's a staff, um, et cetera. So, you know, what we look for, and there's, of course, liquid capital requirements for a typical brand uh, for the same reasons. Now, with, uh, you know, in the U.S., with the Small Business Administration loan, uh, you're talking about a 25% down payment on average. Some brands might require a little less. Some might require, you know, 30% down payment. Um, But, you know, the, the, the banks really look at your personal life experience, Do you have a resume of success? It doesn't mean you had to be a bank president prior to becoming a franchisee, but they look for some history of success. They want you to have a minimum credit score of 680. Mm -hmm. It's not like a mortgage where, you know, especially in the US, you get rewarded if your credit is 750 versus 690. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so the the loan uh, with the SBA, it's 2.75% above the prime rate. The prime rate at the moment is very low. <laughs> Same um, here. So Our base rate is very low at the moment. It's 0.1 actually are at the moment. Yes, exactly. So uh, nevertheless, 25% is the typical requirement for an SBA mm-hmm. loan as, as far as a down payment, 680 credit score. They want to know that you're not giving your last dollar uh, you know, or pounds, you know, uh, giving that away in order to get this business started because there is going to be a little capital required yeah. um, in, in the meantime. Now, also in the U.S., there's a rollover business startup loan, which is called a ROBS for short. Rollover business startup loans have been around, uh, I think, since the mid-70s or so. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear a lot about them uh, really, in the last 20 years, I've heard a lot more about them than, than the prior, uh, call it 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but a rollover business startup is an incredible way to tap into your own money. So if you have a 401k or you know an appropriate retirement plan, you could actually uh, pay an intermediary. It could be as much as $5,000. But to literally set up a new retirement account for you where they take your money Put it in a in an appropriate place with an approval from the IRS, code number, blah, blah, blah. There's always an approval for, for things with the IRS. And, and you're literally borrowing your own money to uh, from a newly established retirement account to for the purposes of investing in a business. And you pay no penalties, you have no tax implications, uh, and you can set up there's different strategies as to how you how and when you pay it back to yourself. But that is a pretty incredible way to do it. Um, If you think about, you know, the S&P 500 has returned, let's say 10% year over year. Mm. Well, with a franchise, you can certainly beat that. Mm. So it's not like, you know, when people say, well, I don't want to touch my retirement money. Well, you don't have to if you have alternate funds, but if you Mm. don't, um, why not? And you know, one of the advantages when you sell in franchising, besides the cash flow you're making each year, is the equity you're building for yourself, just like in buying a house. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll give you an example. I have a friend that has a million and a half dollar cash flow right now with all of his uh, franchised hair salons, 
And a typical franchise is worth about four times cash flow. So he could sell for at least $6 million right now, which is wonderful when you're, when you're ready. Yeah. So that, that's, that's an amazing um, insight, actually, because I, I never really thought about it to actually build a franchise, to actually flip it, to go and sort of, um, you know, I'm selling, because I know, I know businesses, we've discussed with somebody else before, where businesses are worth three to four times their cash flow. And that has never occurred to me before. So this is a new one to me to actually buy into franchise, build it up. And then based on cash flow, you can flip it and sell it if you are no longer, you know, um, aiming to keep it. And the cash flow while you have it is just something, it's profit. Absolutely. And not to mention you have the write-offs while you own the business, as opposed to being a W-2 employee where you have all the tax burden Hmm. and uh, owning a business, you have those tax write-offs. I can tell you two stories that fit perfectly in what we're talking about. I have one brand in particular that's only $62,000. And in their documents, I would show whoever a candidate Hmm. uh, might be looking at this business, $62,000, it's home-based. And they had a franchisee sell their home-based franchise for a million five. Wow. Okay. A million five on a $62,000 investment. Also, I have another brand that's $83,000, believe it or not, a cleaning franchise, but a very Mm -hmm. specialized cleaning franchise. Very few people do this service in the United States, certainly the only franchise of its kind. Mm -hmm. $83,000 is their package and a franchisee sold for $1.6 million. Wow. Okay. Because obviously, once again, just for everyone to for, to clarify, because just because they bought that franchise for eighty three thousand, it's the the sell it based on the cash flow of the franchise that they set up. So Absolutely. you buy you buy the franchise, you do the hard work, and you get the you build it up to an established business, and based on your cash flow at the time, that's the valuation that's put on the on your particular franchise, and therefore when you flip it or you sell it then that's what you're selling for. So your profit is just incredible amount. Okay, Absolutely. So, so what would you, well, how, what would you recommend to someone who's actually thinking this sounds great and I'm currently in a, in a nine to five. I mean, people listen to this podcast are either entrepreneurs or one of the entrepreneurs. They want to be entrepreneurs at heart, right. but they're stuck in the corporate jobs, maybe, you know, nine to fives and they're, they're probably high income earners. So probably have the cash available. And I'm thinking of a couple of people that come to my mind who have the cash available. They probably have at least about 20, 30, or maybe 50 grand lying around, but they don't have the time available. Now, what would you say to, to them, Lance? You know, how would you, well, why would you recommend a franchise to them? And, you know, they, they got, if they can raise the finance, but how would they, you know, um, have the time for it? Well, in my first conversation with every prospective franchisee, is and I had, for example, yesterday I had call after call after call, and everybody was a little bit different. Their situation mm-hmm. was a little bit different, and I had quite a few people I spoke with that are, you know, are what you're describing. And there are quite a few people I speak to that do want to keep their day job mm-hmm. at least for the short term. Yes, of and, course. And and I always recommend to people if you have a great income, and you can stay at your day job even though you maybe don't love it any longer and you see that your future is being your own boss, I say, well, you know, there are, every franchise brand I have fits into a certain category. Now I have quite a few that are owner, what's called owner operator, where you cannot have a day job and you need to do this absolutely full time. Mm -hmm. In other words, the franchisor, the corporation 
will be watching you and they want to make sure you ramp up quickly and you're devoting your full time to this venture. Um, it makes them look bad if you're only devoting part time because they're probably going to disclose in their franchise disclosure document all of the numbers. Mm. So if you get off to a really slow start, it makes their franchise look bad. Look bad. Yeah. And that's how some brands look at it. And they want you to be successful, of course. Of course. So that's the owner operator. But there are quite a few that are either uh, you can be a semi-absentee owner or in some instances, I have brands where you can be a complete absentee owner. Mm-hmm. And there's also like an executive model where, you know, you could actually be a, a master franchisee where you open up one territory of your own and now you get to, to share in the profits of the, the royalty stream and the future franchise fees by getting other franchisees in your territory. There's a lot right. of commercial cleaning brands that are quite successful that, that use that model. Restaurants have used that type of model for years as well. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. So where you, you, so let me get this right. In this way, you, you own or you sort of take over a particular territory and then you have, then you're sort of like the, the general manager of the area, so to speak. And then you have people who buy franchises underneath you. Is that how it is? And you take a a, a profit up there. Basically that's it. Yes. So uh, Subway did that many years ago when they set up, they sold quite a few master territories in, 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 in a lot of areas. If the area was too small in many cases, they just sold what's called an area development deal, um, which they didn't share in any of the profits. They just owned the whole entire territory. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the master uh, for many people is, is, is a good model. I have quite a few brands that really like that model. I have a a great med spa model that loves the master franchise model, but you have to have a very high net worth because mm-hmm. you're responsible for a lot in the territory. And yeah. should you run out of capital or, or go bankrupt, so to speak, it's not a good look for the brand. So, uh, you know, they select people that have uh, a pretty high net worth to do that. Well, okay. So I'm going to go back to the finance aspect again. So you've mentioned, you keep talking about net worth. So what kind of net worth are we looking at? What kind of net worth would one need to be if they are looking to buy you know, a franchise? Well, you know, some brands don't have any real tight restriction, especially the home-based brands that are under $100,000. Mm. If, if they see you have the capital and a little extra money in the bank, they're happy because due to the nature of it being a home-based model, they feel if they select the right people, the worst thing that can happen is you just don't make as much as much money as they hope you make, mm-hmm. but you're not going to have any deep tr- trouble because you're not buying a, a lot of assets. When it comes to, let's say, getting into a restaurant that's going to cost you $500,000 to open, they might want you to have a net worth of at least that amount. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them might not even require that much, but um, you know, between home equity and retirement accounts and and cash on hand, uh, you know, stocks and bonds. Um, I had a gentleman the other day I spoke to, he didn't have that much cash on, on hand, but he had, he owns 13 rental properties. Wow. So okay. he has an enormous amount of equity in his properties to, to leverage. I mean, he's the type of guy that can walk into his bank and say, just give me a, you know, home equity line. Mm. Okay. So that makes sense. And I mean, that's, 
again, thinking out loud, uh, being a, being in the property market myself, that would be the kind of person that, I mean, not so much now, but early on, that's where I was. I'd, a lot of my money was tied into property. So there'll be equity in the properties, but cash in hand was, I was cash poor and property rich sort of, sort of thing for the yeah. long time. Okay. I mean, now I'm going to come back and ask you a question. You answered the question about raising finance based in the US, but when we spoke earlier, you said you, you help people across the whole world. So let's base it, because I'm based in the UK, I want to ask you, you know, if someone coming from the UK, if I came to you, Lance, would you be able to help me raise finance in the UK itself? Well, I have certain banks that will work, uh, you know, anywhere, uh, right. practically anywhere. Um, okay. So the, an- so the answer is yes. Uh, obviously, the Small Business Administration is not lending to folks overseas. It has to be within the United States. Mm. Um, but there are uh, definitely sources out there uh, that I can tap into and I can introduce people to, uh, to do franchising virtually anywhere. Um, a lot of uh, big brands that, that make it, you know, come from the U.S. and end up in, you know, anywhere from mm. England to Australia, you know, they, they attract quite a few lenders and lenders get very comfortable with predictability. Right. So um, there are quite a few lenders, as an example, that would call McDonald's on a regular basis and said, please, we want to lend money to your franchisees worldwide because right. they, understand, they understand the risk factor. They understand mm-hmm. that, that it's, it's pretty rare for a McDonald's franchisee to go out of business. Right. Okay. So that helps. So, that's, so if you're in terms of raising finance, if you go with an established brand, obviously you need to have the capital behind you, but you set amount of capital behind you. But if you have an established brand, then the, the banks would support your, you know, your business as well and actually help you to, um, so to, speak, to buy the franchise as well in terms of giving you the loan for it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just put it this way. If you're a franchise brand, if you're a franchisor and you're starting in uh, some sort of aggressive uh, expansion mode throughout the world, for that matter, mm-hmm. it, it, it certainly behooves you to uh, get in bed with a couple of finance companies because, as you know, the underwriting process is yeah. quite simple. Mm. Where the bank knows exactly who you are mm. and what you're doing. Now, yeah. uh, on the flip side, uh, similar to that, it's a good point of reference, the Small Business Administration actually has a list, as you would imagine, mm. of franchisors um, really with their default scenario in other words, how many loans, how many SBA loans have been taken out under XYZ brand and, and how well are they performing? Right. Clearly, clearly, if they get to a point where they're not performing well and they just keep lending, at some point they're cut off and they're not going to lend somebody any money uh, for any brand, uh, for that particular brand, I should say. Right. Okay. So I want to ask you a question from a different angle now. So how is how different is it? When you approach a bank to, you know, for a loan, say, for example, you're starting a business which is not from franchise, so you want to open a chicken and chip shop around the corner compared yep. to maybe getting opening a KFC franchise. And you may have this equal amount of funds. For, so, you know, maybe arguments, like, I don't know how much it is to get a KFC franchise, but assuming you need a 500000 for that. And you've got 500000 to open your own chip shop. But you're, you're not buying a franchise or you've been turned down for whatever reason for a franchise, because I've heard that, you know, you know, the companies can turn you down too if they don't think it's suitable for whatever reason. So if you've been unsuccessful right. in terms of chicken chip shop or KFC and you're, you're adamant to get a chicken and chip shop, I don't know what the example comes to my mind, but anyway, it has. Um, 
and you've got the same man. You're hungry. I don't even like KFC, to be honest. <laughs> but anyway, uh, using this example has come to my mind now. If you have the same, so we're using scenario where you have equal amount of cash that you can you know, put into open a, a normal chicken chip shop compared to a KFC. So how would the banks view you uh, opening a new business? Um, even with the equal amount of funds, your, you know, the, your, 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 you know, everything about you is the same. Your net worth is the same. How would banks view you differently depending on what you're, you know, in terms of buying a franchise or opening your own, you know, own shop? Yeah, it's going to depend on the factors always will be who you are, what your experience has been. So if you've never owned a restaurant before and you're looking to start, you know, Golcon's, you know, chips and chicken concept <laughs> and you've never been in the restaurant business, it's going to be very, very difficult to get approved as a right. non-franchise uh, approval. Right. Incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. If you had a, a good resume in the restaurant business, and obviously you have great experience otherwise, um, it's certainly possible. With a franchise, they are looking at, if, you're, if a franchise is on the SBA registry, as an example, mm-hmm. then that is something that is easily financeable. Right. It means that the franchisor has gone through certain steps, really the underwriting type process. So the SBA understands the brand mm-hmm. and the SBA, as you probably know, the SBA in the US is, is actually covering. So God forbid a franchisee went out of business. That lender that lent that SBA, did that SBA loan is actually covered for 75% of the loan. Wow. They only I, have I, a loss. Wow. Of 25%. Of 25% of the loan. Wow. Okay. That's an incredible The government support. will cover 75%. Yep. Which, which is exactly why the, when anybody goes into a bank and a major bank, a small bank, it doesn't matter, and asks about a loan for, let's say, a restaurant, um, the first question out of the, le- out of the loan officer's mouth is, is it a franchise? Because if it's a franchise, they're going to get, get you an SBA loan. If it's not a franchise, they're going to, you know, some of the, some of those banks, they won't even know how to do it <laughs> unless it's a franchise. They will not even know how to do it and tell you to go somewhere else. Sorry, we can't help you. Right. Um, I did get a call. I, I, have, a, I have a real life story for you. Mm-hmm. I did get a call from a, a, a gentleman that I work very closely with, a big marketing franchise marketing group out of Atlanta. And he called me one day and he said, Lance, I need help for a client. He's looking to set up a good size restaurant, needs about $600,000. So it wasn't a small loan, mm. but he needs $600,000. It, it was for a non-franchise startup restaurant. And my friend said, look, he's been turned down by every bank. Wow. Nobody, okay. Nobody wants to lend him money because he is not a franchise. He said, Lance, you can get these things done. I know you can get this done. And, and I said, okay, well, I'll take a shot at it. So I, I give him a call and I find out exactly what he's doing. It turns out he was a very experienced restaurateur that was a franchisor. He had a, a very successful bar restaurant franchise concept years ago. So I immediately thought, and he sold it. And I immediately thought, well, wait a second. Is it possible that all these other lenders that he spoke with didn't get that he had all that great experience and he should be given this loan. 
Mm. Because more than likely, he's going to then set up another franchise system with this new concept like he did in the past. Yeah. And, uh, and sure enough, I called one preferred SBA lender that I know, meaning they do their own underwriting. Right. They don't have to wait for approval from the SBA. Right. So they got them the loan. He got him the loan. In fact, he got him a $700,000 SBA loan. No, so wow. he had enough working capital. He rolled that in. And I was very proud. And he should be. It sounds like an amazing story. But my question, once again, you know this, being, being English, um, I'm in the UK loan. So, you know, how would he be able to help me? Because you keep talking about SPA loans, but how will that support me, you know, little old me, all the way down yep. this tiny island called UK? Well, I, I think that also uh, still goes back to who the, who the brand is, hmm. because the bigger brands already have banks that they're going to work with. So any brand that I have decides to get to Canada or the UK or Australia, they already have attracted lenders. Right. Okay. So what I would do, if I know Gull wants to take on XYZ brand, because you want to get in the chicken and chips business. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 what I want to do. Smell like chicken and chips. Exactly. And I would call the brand and I'd say, hey, you know, Gull Khan, quite famous. She is interested in becoming a franchisee of yours. Who are your recommended and preferred lenders in the UK? Right. And, and I'll, I'll get an answer. Now, I could go digging as well through my sources, mm-hmm. but it's typically easier when it's outside the US for me to simply call the brand and say, who do you work with? And they'll typically give me a couple of answers. Sounds amazing. So that leads me to the next question, which was, you know, I think you're amazing, Lance, and I see you have a wealth of experience. Now, I, Thank by the way, disclaimer, I know the value that you bring as a mentor and as somebody as an expert, but the average of blogs will think, well, Lance, you know, why do I need your help? I can just think of a, a franchise and I can just go along, to, you know, uh, you know, ring them up and, and sort of, you know, make the application myself. Why do I need your support? Now, I know why, but I want you to explicitly tell me why do you, you know, why should I come and ask for your help, Lance? This is such a great question because I, I hear this from people all the time. Several people on the phone with me yesterday for the first time said, I can't believe someone like you exists. Because, you know, in the old days, because mm. I'm old, in the old days. <laughs> you don't look very old, by the way. So. <laughs> the way well, well, thank you. <laughs> in the old days, you could only find out about franchises. I'm talking before Google, before the internet. You could only find out about franchises by either getting a big fat book delivered to your house that had all these franchise opportunities or various franchising magazines, Mm -hmm. or you'd go to a franchise convention or show that was held anywhere in the world for that matter. But the US had quite a few of them and people would travel to visit this show once a year. And you'd visit somebody at a booth and learn about their franchise opportunity. Even then, there were franchises that didn't advertise that way and hoped uh, they, would, they would find people and what have you. Well, today, of course, with, with lead generation and the internet, you could do all the Google searches you want, whatever the search engine of your choice is. You are never going to find all of the franchises that are even best for you. Yeah. So I represent more franchise brands than anybody. And I will do that search for you. I will do the territory check for you. Oh, and did I not mention it's free? It's all Ah. free. I don't charge 
as a franchise consultant, as a franchise strategist, I am free to you. So I get paid by my brands, call it a success fee or a commission, in the event I get you a franchise and you say yes, and you send them money, you send them money, not me, Hmm. um, I will get a little piece of that franchise fee. That's how this works. There are other people that do it like me. The reason I'm different though, Gull, is I take a very consultative approach, Hmm. not a salesperson. Hmm. Uh, There is no hard sell. I work with people for years. I spoke to a gentleman yesterday, U.S. Army, 30 years. He's retiring next year. We're going to be on a call later today for the first time. And he has a year to decide what he's going to be doing when he retires. He might get into something now before he retires. But I don't care how long it takes. I'm here to help people. I I speak to people on Sundays, on Saturdays, whatever works for them. I just love helping people get into business. I couldn't find that help and support when I bought my first franchise. I did make some mistakes. I was still successful. I hopefully learned from all those mistakes that I've made, but I've owned quite a few franchise brands and have been successful. And I want to share that experience with people. I'm not just somebody in sales that can sell anything. I'm doing this because it was my choice and I want to help people. Awesome. So let me get this straight, which I think, by the way, is amazing that your services are for free. And I think that helps people, you know, who are looking for a particular, you know, help in the area of franchise, someone like me, who's a complete novice, and someone who, you know, who needs the support. So they would approach you and you would support them without charging upfront fees, based on what's the most suitable for them in terms of their budget, their lifestyle, their kind of background experience which is is phenomenal absolutely and then you would go and help them um secure a franchise and then if everything's successful everything goes ahead and help them raise the finance once it's successful um the 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 relevant um franchising company would actually give you your commission which i think is phenomenal Exactly. That is just blows me away, Lance. I am absolutely blown away. That's uh, that's too good to be true, so to speak. Well, and it, and it does seem like that. Uh, every once in a while, I get somebody that's quite hesitant to talk with me, and you know, maybe they found me on a podcast and missed you know the message. And the message is that I don't get anything from you. Like I had a lady once that asked me for references, and I said, "Well, you'll find my name all over the internet. I can certainly get you references, but I don't." charge you anything. So maybe it's a little unusual to ask for references where my services are absolutely free to you. (laughs) But what I was going to tell everyone is my website is Ion Franchising, ionfranchising.com. I do have a free assessment for anybody interested in a franchise. And that assessment really works well at determining your compatibility Mm -hmm. based on uh, brand and industry Um, based on your skills and your mindset and uh, call it your risk tolerance or, or, or comfort zone. So uh, as to what brands I should show you, but that and the initial phone call and the, the uh, items we talked about already go are, uh, I kind of roll that all together and begin that search. And I just start pitching people with, 
typically about four brands at a time. Right. Um, it is potentially like drinking out of a fire hose. You can only get so much water mm -hmm. in or information in at once. So we start with four brands. In some cases, it could be, you know, I even asked permission. I said, you know, Gull, can I give you things that maybe you didn't even think about? Because there are people that come to me and have a general um, idea mm -hmm. where I have people that come to me and say, please show me the best restaurants that you have for me. And then I have other people that say, please do not show me any restaurants. <laughs> so I do ask permission. Can I show you things that I think will fit you or will suit you? Because there's quite a bit of industries, mm. or quite a few industries that people don't even know exist. Oh, absolutely. I think that's, I mean, I speaking to you over the last, uh, you know, last time and today, you've highlighted so many things to me that I wasn't even aware of. And I've been in the banking finance industry for so long and now in the money sector. But I think this is why important, this is why I keep going back to it, how it's so important to go to an expert and it shortens your learning curve literally probably by a tenth. And, you know, you, you, you're, you take a tenth of the time to get to where you need to be compared to, you know, if you do try to learn, especially even through Google. And Google's Absolutely. full of, <laughs> Google's full what, of what BS a, anyway. One of, my, uh, one of my mentors, to your exact point, one of my mentors always said, you know, when you commit to doing anything, whether it's getting in shape, whether mm -hmm. it's getting into financial shape, whether it's building your business, you have to resource up. Yeah. And that's really what this is. Yeah. You can't possibly know it all and you're never going to figure it out on your own. So why not use a free resource as opposed to something you're paying an awful lot of money for? I totally agree. I totally agree. So lots, I was going to ask you about your website, but you mentioned it. Can you mention once again, please, where can we find you? How can we book a, a call with you? Ion Franchising, ionfranchising.com. And you'll see uh, I'm all over social media and LinkedIn. And, and uh, But on my website, there is a, an inquiry page where you can either do your assessment, that's obvious on there, as well as uh, inquiring, uh, which I have many people that do that off of podcasts. So uh, I, I appreciate that. Wonderful, wonderful. I think I'm going to be doing one of those <laughs> shortly. I think I'm going Anytime. to be one of your clients as well because I, I really <laughs> do want to branch out. I, I talk about, um, you know, multiple sources of income and, and this is the next thing for me uh, that I definitely want to have a franchise too and go into that. But then I, I didn't know you existed until recently. So now I know you do. So I exist. I'm real. <laughs> I, I know you're real, Lance. <laughs> I'm so glad you are. <laughs> It's been a pleasure talking to you, Lars. Thank you so much for being another. My uh, pleasure, girl. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest. I think we'll have to have you back in in um, in a, in, a, in a couple of months again for. Would love it. Highlight some more amazing uh, concepts, especially in franchising, because I think this needs to the word needs to get out, and especially with the current climate, with the pandemic and everything else, more people need to take their own financial responsibility into their hands. And if the support's out there for businesses, why not take it? And at the moment, there has been, I have to say, governments a lot, a lot, not, I wouldn't say worldwide, but I know in the US and UK and other, the Western countries, the governments have actually stepped forward and are supporting businesses. So this is probably the ideal time to start a business. And why not? It really this? is. It really is. It's scary to some people, but the reality is this is the best time to get involved in your it's own business. Full of opportunities. And it's 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 how you see the world, isn't it? Glass is half empty, glass is half full. And this is definitely the glass has half full kind of a type thing. So 
it's exciting times i really have to say thank you so much Lars. we will look forward thank to speaking you, to you again and for those listening thank you so much and remember on the show notes we'll have all the links to Lance's website and all his various links please do go and check him out i think he's absolutely fantastic what we covered today is literally tip of the iceberg this he has a wealth of information please go check him out and if you are considering franchise speak to lance first what have you got to lose? It's free anyway. And I will be back with another amazing expert talking on money and hookies with Gul Khan, talking about raising finances and everything to do with money and wealth and finance. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. That's G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day millionaire mindset makeover challenge, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in our next five-day challenge. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan. Take care and bye for now.